What's up, everybody? Back with another manager training session today on this most hallowed of occasions, the day of <laughs> birth of Brian Bartholomew Shalev. Well, it's the day we celebrate the date of birth. It wasn't. It's not the actual day of birth. <laughs> yes, Brian is not being reborn today. For clarity's sake. Born again. Brian's being born again. Brian, you were born on December 13th. We won't say the year because that's insensitive in today's climate. Um, but uh, we said we'd start this episode by acknowledging your birthday. No, I you said, we you were said you were going to sing happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. All right. We'll sing at the end. Um, if we do a great job with this session, we'll sing at the end as a reward for getting through this awesome content. Oh, so we're, I'm going to keep it short so we can get to the song. <laughs> Brian's going to rush through so we can celebrate him more fully. Um, excited to dive into another manager training topic today. We began a series last time on how we work. We focused a lot in our first series, uh, or rather this last series on the relatable manager, on sort of who we are as we work. Now we're actually really digging into how we physically, mentally, spiritually do this work. Right. Um, wanted to kick off our discussion today with an interesting data point that I've read in a couple different articles that were going around this last week, uh, really elevating this idea that mental health is one of the top concerns of people in the workplace today. We certainly saw mental health grow as a trend of conversation and awareness around it, uh, looking even back to the Olympics. Simone Biles and some other um, folks there um, really bringing to the forefront this issue of mental health. Obviously, the pandemic has really accelerated uh, folks struggling with mental health, bringing it up, bringing awareness, talking about paths to treat and go through these things that we're facing in the world. But it was really interesting to read that even within the workplace, um, issues like diversity, compensation, other social causes. Significant have, things, yeah. Significant things that have historically been the primary concern for those in the workplace have really gone down the list. And what's elevated up the list is mental health. And even as you look at younger workers, um, the studies are showing it is the top like issue. Number one issue. Number right. one that they're concerned with. So wanted to kick off getting your thoughts on that data point and some of the conversation we'll have today kind of as we unpack um, this idea of mental health being such a strong concern for those in the workplace today. Yeah, I think it, it was super interesting to hear that. I, I would say interesting, but not surprising considering where we've been the last year or year and a half mm. to hear that it's bubbled up as the number one issue. I mean, not, you know, career planning, not the number one issue, right. future, not the number one, right. but mental health being the number one issue. And um, I, th I think about that also in relation to another trend that's going on, which is kind of this idea that increasingly my employer should be responsible for more elements of my life. Um, like, hey, my life holistically should be net better off because of my employer, mm. um, which is an interesting kind of trend. They've kind of identified certain dynamics across which uh, people might think that the employer is responsible for holistic life, like my financial life, my physical well-being, you know, um, and mental health is in there as well. Um, and I think it's interesting because there is a line there that we don't want to cross, I think, as individuals and as the employer, where we are not, as an employer, taking responsibility for the mental health of everyone on the staff. And as a staff member, it's probably actually not that wise 
to give responsibility for my holistic well-being to my employer. <laughs> Right. Any more than I want to give my res the responsibility for my holistic well-being to the government or to anyone out kind of outside of um, my own personal responsibility, um, I think that that's a little bit of a kind of risky trend that people are trying to embrace, and there's some challenges with it. But that does not mean that we cannot do some things as managers and supervisors and leaders to help with the mental well-being of our staff. There are some things that we can do and that we should do to help with this thing that's becoming um, the most important concern of our staff. And I think it specifically does fall in, in, in part into this team dynamic area. Um, we talked in the last series about the relatable manager, which is a little bit more about how does a manager relate to and notice individual staff members? How am I relating to and noticing individual staff members. And that's a really important part of helping with that mental health dynamic. But then I would say the second part is the overall team dynamic. Like how am I steering and shepherding the team dynamic for the entire group? And that's another critical part of both the work that we do, but also I'll say kind of the mental health element of the workplace is am I creating um, a team dynamic that is good and healthy for the folks on the team. So we're kind of talking about that part now. We talked about the uh, the relatable part, which is that individual element. We need to see individuals. Mm. We need to relate to individuals. We need to know when an individual is doing well or struggling so that we can come alongside them, not taking responsibility for it, but coming alongside as a supporter and coaching it. Um, but now we're talking about kind of the the team element, the collective element for our team, the team dynamic. And I really just want to talk about two things when it comes to the team dynamic. Um, there's lots of things we could talk about with the team dynamic, right. um, but the two that I see as maybe the most critical right now um, are, are number one, this cultural pressure towards all things flexible all things flexible, mm -hmm. like flexible work schedule, flexible work location. Um, and I think that in some ways that can be what I call a sneaky temptation. Mm. It sounds great. Sounds great. Google's doing it. I think we've experienced there's some cases where what Google does doesn't end up being the best, <laughs> but hey, Google's doing it, you know, Apple's doing it. It sounds wonderful. I can be personally effective with a very flexible schedule, but I think it can be a sneaky temptation um, because while we all like individual flexibility for ourselves, in most cases, we don't like working on a team where everyone has individual flexibility because it starts to be very difficult to work together and to interact together um, and to actually get things done and be effective and feel effective. Mm. Um, at the same time, we all want some ability to like uh, exercise our individual passions at work, mm. but then we don't want to necessarily be on a team where everybody's exercising their individual passion because <laughs> now we don't actually know what we're collectively doing, where we're going as a team. And it can actually drive, I think, you know, a lot of uncertainty, anxiety, relational tension, like, are we going to do the things the way that work best for Brian or the way that work best for Tim or the way that work best for Nicole? Or, or are we going to try to do them in a way that works best for the team, which means everybody has to sacrifice a little bit. So I, I think that this um, 
notion of all things flexible that our culture is really pushing towards is is kind of a sneaky temptation that as managers and leaders we really need to uh, understand this and be a little bit proactive about where we want to sit with our team on the spectrum between um, Teddy tight ship ah. this is this is the guy that you know or uh, he everybody comes in at exactly the same time and we do exactly the same thing and everything's very prescribed about everything that we do yeah. on one end of the spectrum or uh, Freddie Free Spirit ah, on the other end of the spectrum. Good old Freddie. Who anybody can do anything they want, work whenever they want, work wherever they want and by golly we're going to hope we all get something done together. Um, not that we need to be on either end of that spectrum but to be intentional about where we are trying to fall in that spectrum and not just, I'll say, uh, kind of succumb to that pressure that we're feeling for um, uh, pretty heavy levels of flexibility and mm -hmm. work location um, and work time um, because inevitably that becomes we're working all the time. And, you know, sometimes the complaint we get or the feedback we get is, hey, I'm working all the time. Mm. Well, if you want ultimate flexibility in your work day, then you're going to have to have ultimate flexibility in your personal life, which means uh, if you can not be working at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, then I might need to call you at 10 a.m. on Saturday to get something done. Sure. And we think that that sounds great, the flexibility part, but then it ends up creating some levels of anxiety and so forth. So, yeah. Um, I, so I, that's part one. Yeah. Kind of this whole flexibility paradigm that we're all pressing up against right now. I think that's great. The The role of each of our managers as they wrestle with that that spectrum that you just laid out of let's say the really really rigid here's the you know here's the program we're sticking to it versus wanting everyone just to have as much freedom or as much subjectivity the role of the manager really is to find that balance and to create a norm around that balance for their team um, that's the objective opportunity for our managers in all of this that's the part that they can do is to find a balance and really reinforce that balance within each team. Yeah, communicate it, um, demonstrate it. You right. have to be the one demonstrating the um, the balance that you're trying to strike and evangelize it. Like, why is this best for our team when we are all giving up something in order to do our shared thing? Right. Why is it best um, in terms of, at a basic level, the effectiveness of the team? Yes, we're, we're, we're accomplishing the goal, we're getting the win. Um, but even on the personal level, the degree to which it can dial back some of that anxiety, some of that uneasiness that we don't realize is coming from everything being open and flexible. Right. We don't realize that's part of where it's coming from. I think there is maybe some classic wisdom in we all come to work and work and then we can go home to our personal lives. There might be some classic wisdom to that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a bit timeless, even though the fad of today is hyper-flexibility. Right, right, so. yeah. Yeah, and just realizing that that hyper-flexibility can lead to a breakdown in work being in the work box and life being in the life box, and it can make everything feel like it's constantly interwoven, which over time exhausts you. It, it exhausting, really does, yeah, it, right. it feels exhausting 
it feels like we can't ever you know kind of catch your breath because it all feels so interwoven and intertwined and 24 7 yeah right so so that was part one as far as team dynamic just being wary of the flexibility temptation right uh the, the temptation for that maximum flexibility so kind of dive in into your second part brian um this one really has a lot to do with being attentive to the team first so recognizing a few things and then responding so let's take it take it away on part two here Sure, yeah, the, the second part is understanding the elements of what your team is carrying outside the actual workload. Hmm. So we obviously carry the actual workload. We're trying to accomplish these certain tasks yeah. and initiatives and move the ball forward and, and so forth. So and that's the actual workload. The stuff we're actually we're, doing like We're actually day. doing yeah. these things. Yeah. But in addition to that, we have um, the change that we're asking the team to understand and work through, change management and um, what we're asking, new things that we're asking the team to absorb or be inspired by. Mm. And the reality is the ability to work through change, the ability to absorb new things and be inspired by new things are limited resources. Like we do not have the infinite capacity to be inspired. And so if you've tried to inspire me by three new initiatives this week, I might not be that inspired by your fourth initiative. I only have so much capacity to be inspired by the new thing. Yeah. Um, and so I call it the llama, load, change management, and absorption. Understanding your team's llama, not just their work, but how much change am I asking them to go work through and work their teams through? How much, uh, how many new things am I asking them to absorb and how much am I trying to inspire them around whatever the new thing is? Mm -hmm. And just being aware of that because they're not just carrying the actual work. They're carrying the load, the change management, and what we're trying to in absorb and inspire them towards. Mm. Um, we're gonna talk next time maybe more about like how we actually manage the work and how we do that does create more capacity to manage change and to absorb new things if um, the actual accomplishment of the work is highly efficient and effective. Um, ergo, dealing with the flexibility challenge, if mm -hmm. that's actually effective, then we can absorb more. Yeah. Um, but if your team is is maybe uh, struggling with feeling overloaded or capacity or sputtering or feeling, ah, we're not really getting done what we need to get done, um, you might want to look at not just the load, but also how much change are we trying to manage and how many new things are we trying to absorb or roll out or inspire our volunteers towards. Like, wh what is the whole picture of that? Yeah. Um, and I, th I think that that can... Um, th those things can play off themselves. How are we doing the work with also how much capacity do we have for these other, yeah. other things? I always think about when you, when you talk about these ideas of how are we, what's the actual work we have versus all of the other things that people are processing, things we're asking them to do, things that we're trying to inspire and rally them around every single week. I always think about like the the temperature outside, like the feels like temperature. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the temperature is 70 but it feels like, you know, 85 with humidity or whatever. Right. And that's the kind of dynamic I, am, I imagine, you know, here's the actual, here's a weekend service. This is what needs to go on. Right. But here's this entire last week of everything that happened in the world, in our, in our organization, all those side conversation. So the weekend service may feel like 70 degrees, but with everything else we're asking the team to do and think about, 
it's just going to be mindful. It might feel like 90 degrees. Right. <laughs> it might just feel like a lot more pressure and heat is on. And that's the manager's, I think, ownership opportunity there is to be mindful and attentive and close to the team to get a sense of how it feels like. Yeah, that I love. I hadn't thought of that. I love, love, love that, that analogy. Understanding the actual temperature and the feels-like temperature. <laughs> um, and we're not always responsible for the feels-like temperature, but it's great to understand it because there's things that yes. we can do to help. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're not always responsible for everything going on in your life and how that's playing out and how you feel about your work. Yeah. But we can do things to help with that. Yeah. Um, but we've got to first even know what the feels like temperature yeah. is. Well, and it's know? even cool. I didn't even think about it until now, but you're right. The analogy of the weather being, the weather is outside of yeah. our control, but there are, there are things you do to help soften the blow depending on what the and if we the just stick over is. in the camp of no nope, the, the weather is actually 77 i don't care what it feels like right that's not super helpful not helpful, not yeah. Super helpful. yeah yeah so. no that's awesome i I'm, i really like this uh series a lot i think about you know keeping in in view the relatable series as we talk about this so many of our barriers of understanding how our team is doing really do come back to just us and our our different styles and different ways that we you know, process our, our work ourselves as managers, but also observe our team. So just encourage everybody as you can, maybe pop back over to some of those uh, sessions um, just to see how those might be playing into the type of team dynamic that you're helping to create and reinforce as we, as we go. So excited for next time, we're gonna talk about literally some of the more, some of the tactics of how to, how to do the work better, how to plan the work better and, and think ahead um, so that we're uh, making that feels like temperature as as uh, nice as we can. Cool. So, Brian, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak the song "Happy Birthday" to you. In a, speak it. Yeah, I'm gonna speak I it in like a, a like down. like a little like I was uh, reading a children's story. So um, I would I would hold the book open like this, and I would say, "Happy birthday to you," and then I would go to the next page. "Happy birthday to you." And then turn the page. Happy birthday, dear Brian. And then it'll be on the final page. Yeah. Happy birthday wow. to you. Wow. Thank In you, Mr. In Jesus' Tim. name, amen. All right, amen. guys. Great time. We'll catch you next time. I'm going to hit the button. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you all soon.